The devil came after Jesus. Lord knows he's going to come after me. You're looking for God? I'll tell you how God usually shows up. It ain't when the skies open up. It ain't when the church doors open up. God shows up in ordinary people. In ordinary ways. We need to spend a few moments this morning talking about vision. Vision. And it's in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, if you want to turn there. Vision. The Bible says, without vision the people perish. Proverbs also says, in all your ways acknowledge God, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God, and God will show you the right way, will straighten out your path and smooth your path out. And of course we have the example of Saul, uh, also known as Paul in the New Testament, who by his own testimony said scales dropped from his eyes so that he could see again. All those about, are about vision, what we see, what we see in front of us. And what you need to know is that everybody in this room has got a vision um, of some kind or other. Uh, if you're a child, you may have a vision of saying, I think I'll play in the morning, which is a wonderful vision. And wouldn't it be nice if when we grow up we didn't forget how to play? Of course, if I'm 30 years old and I'm still saying I need to play every day, that's, that's a little bit of a problem because there is work that needs to be done, but forgetting how to play is kind of a serious thing. But if you say, I want to be uh, a doctor when I grow up, there's a vision for you. You say, I'm here and I want to be there. That's what it means to have a vision. If you realize where it is that you are and where you want to go, that's what it means to have a vision. And so everyone in this room does have a vision. It may be a, uh, it may be a good one. It may be uh, a bad one. Uh, it may be a limited one. It may be a far-reaching one. But everyone needs vision. We're just going to teach this morning on vision, right? What's next? That's the question. What's next? And so it's not just for people that are coming up in school. As a matter of fact, I think all of us adults would be a whole lot better if we realized we're not out of school yet. Not just teachers. Because we all are still learning. And that life would be a whole lot better if we realized that. Uh, I already got my education. I don't need to learn anymore. Can anything uh, stunt growth more than that saying I don't have anything left to learn? So you need a vision to be able to uh, move forward, and hopefully we can get a good vision. Um, and there was something I was going to say about that. It's not just for those who are growing uh, up in school. It's for everybody. Uh, Grandma Moses uh, was a very famous painter. You know how old Grandma Moses was when she started painting? Anybody know? She was in her 70s, I think. She may have been in I think she was in her 70s. Was she in, yeah, she was in her 70s. Now, there was a famous architect uh, who uh, was in his 90s when he finished probably his most famous building. In his 90s. Get a load of that. In his 90s. And he was just finishing up what many people consider his greatest work. So Grandma Moses. There's Grandma Moses. 70 years old saying, I think I'd like to paint a little bit. A lot of great writers did not start writing until their 50s. Daniel Defoe, you know the name Daniel Defoe? He didn't start until his 50s. So it's not just for those who are on the younger side. Vision is for all of us. And what a great thing it is when someone realizes that I've got some living left to do and maybe God can give me a new vision, which is where we are this morning in Isaiah 43, which reads like this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the former things. Behold, am I not doing a new thing? Now it springs forth. I will make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And so what you need to know about this statement in Isaiah is that it's pointing to the greatest memory that the Jewish people throughout history uh, have in their, in their history. 
I think that's fair to say. And it's something that's called the exodus, the coming out of slavery. But what we need to know about coming out of slavery, first thing is this. What the Jews probably thought about when they thought about coming out of slavery was God chose us. God chose us, right? That's Old Testament. That's Hebrew Bible. God chose us. And you remember what the prophet told the people about God choosing them? He said, don't ever forget that God didn't choose you because you were more numerous than anyone else, because they weren't. But God chose you because God what? Because God loved you. And that's a very important thing, brothers and sisters, for us to remember. I had a person tell me up at, I think it was Brown University. And she said, uh, if I had been God, I would have chosen the Chinese. Because at the point in history where we basically think the Jews were being, that the Jewish people were coming into being, and God was doing this picking of the Jewish people, the greatest in terms of numbers and in innovation in a lot of ways were the Chinese. And so she said, if I had been God, I think I would have chosen somebody like that and not chosen the Jews because the Jews didn't have too many people and they were outnumbered in any number of ways and yet here's God choosing a very small people to do a very great thing. And why is that important? It's important because God delights in doing great things through people who are overlooked. People who seem to be less than the best. People who might feel like I'm being overlooked or I'm being put down, it's important for all of us to remember that God delights in doing great things through those people that the world overlooks. And it's important to remember because we all tend to feel sorry for ourselves. We all do. Things are going hard with me right now. You know, if life were just a little bit easier right now, and there are times when we really do have to walk through deep waters, but let me tell you something that I have learned in 50 plus years. There is never a time when everyone has got their head on straight when there's absolutely enough money in the bank, when everybody's doing everything right and I don't have a single pain in my body or a single pain in my neck, it never comes. That day never comes. And so what a thing it is to know that when I feel forgotten, God hasn't forgotten me and also to remember that God can do great things through very small people, through very small communities, through very small churches. As a matter of fact, I heard about a church one time that was very, very small and they had sent who knows how many missionaries over the world. So God loves to do things. And, and, and if you want Bible for it, I'll give you Bible for it. Here it is. God chose the weak things in the world to shame the wise. And God chose what? The foolish things in the world to shame the wise, the weak things to shame the strong. And God chose the weak things to shame the wise, which is a check for me because the minute I think I've got it all on a string is the minute it starts to unravel, right? The minute I feel like I think I got everything figured out and you say no one in this room needs to hear it. Well, that may be, but there may be somebody that needs to understand that however much we learn, there's more to learn. Haven't you ever done that? You started learning a trade or something or maybe learning about farming. I remember talking to an old farmer and I asked him one day, I said, tell me something about farming. And he said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, every season I learn something different. Every year I learn something or I see something that I never knew or never had seen before. And you see what that farmer was telling me? He was saying, I'm still growing. I'm still seeing stuff that I just can't understand. So God delights to do things through what? Through humble people? You say, humble? Does that mean to be little bitty? Does humble mean that I think very little of myself? No, like the man said, it doesn't mean I think very little of myself. It means I think of myself very little. 
You get it? I don't think myself very little, but I don't think of myself little, uh, much. I think of myself. I think of others. I think of what there is to do, what there is to explore, what there is to go and find. So never forget, if you are busy feeling sorry for yourself because you say, I don't have this, and I'll tell you from experience, brothers and sisters, and you might as well just sit still because I'm going to go for a few minutes. Not long, but I'm going to go. I know from experience, I wasted so much time in my life worrying about what I didn't have that I missed everything that I did have. Uh-huh, is right. And everybody in this room ought to be saying it because there is someone in this room that is missing what you've got because you've got your eyes on what you do not have. Let me tell you something. You cannot do anything with what you don't have, but you can do something with what you do have. Do not let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can't do. A guy at the parking lot the other day, he looked at me and I couldn't run that day and he said, you get your walking today? And I said, no, but I'm doing what I can. I squeezed about five minutes in. I looked at him and I said, you know, we need to hear it all the time. Do not let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. And I'm still in this first point about God doing things through small people. And that's a humble posture to say, I don't have much, but I know I got something and I can do something. I got five loaves and two fish. Maybe they can feed some people, huh? Yeah. Don't let what you can't do stop you from doing what you can do. So that's what they thought of. They said, God picked us out of the whole world. And every once in a while, that ought to rock your world, that God knows me. At least that's what I believe. You may not believe it. God knows the hairs on my head, even though, Joey, we're not having as many hairs as we used to. It's still hanging on. I don't care about gray. I tell you, I really don't care about gray. I don't care what color it turns. I just don't want it to turn loose. But if it does, but if it does, but if it does, I already had it down to the nub and I said, I can live with that anyway. It'll give an excuse to wear more caps anyway. See, always looking at possibilities, always, always looking at possibilities and at opportunities. I told you before, Quinn, if I had your hair, man, I'd be wearing it just the same as you are. They might kick. I love that. But I can't do it anymore. I don't have it anymore. I can't. I would look like that guy that's trying to what? Cover up everything that everybody knows it's not there. You ever seen that comb over? And everybody knows. I could give you a famous person that's got one, but I ain't going to do it. <laughs> don't let what you can't do stop you from what you can do. And that's what they thought of. God picked us. Maybe God has something for us. But they also remembered being in slavery. They also remembered being in slavery, and you said, I don't know anything about being slavery. Well, I can tell you this right now. I'd much rather be a slave of love than the slave of the devil. Let me tell you how the devil works. I don't want to give the devil too much publicity. Let me tell you how the devil works. The devil will tempt you and then beat you up for giving in to temptation. The devil will set you up and then make you feel like a second-class citizen because you gave in. The devil will heap stuff on you and then walk away and laugh at you while you're carrying all the burdens. Guilt, bitterness, regret. Anyone in this room that considers yourself a child of God in the making, which I hope everyone in this room does, and you are walking around with guilt, if you are walking around with bitterness, if you are walking around with regret, you are walking around with a load that is not yours to bear. Your birthright is to be free of that junk. And let me tell you something. One moment of... Genuine forgiveness. If you want to know more than anything else, the moment in my life that really just rocked my world is when I had strength beyond strength to forgive what I needed to forgive. And it's why I'm so big on this forgiveness kick right now. If we could just get over grudges. Yeah. 
If we could just get over grudges. 30 years ago, someone said that. He talked to me in a way he shouldn't have talked to me. Well, then go and say, I don't... Mm, mm, mm. Bitterness and regret and guilt. That's the other thing. Walking around feeling like I'm a Christian because I'm feeling guilty about everything I've done. I'm not going to do it. I am not going to spend the days of my life feeling guilty about stuff I blew. Now, if I'm doing the same thing over and over again and falling, 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 I probably need to ask, can I find a way that can keep me from falling? You know the definition of insanity? You know this? It is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Huh? Slavery. I'm here to tell you. Slavery. And you move through in the same way the Red Sea opened up, which is the great memory. As the great Red Sea opened up and they walked through, that's the thing for us as well. The one thing we have to do is find the courage to walk through. Walk through. But that was the thing they thought of. They said, I can, we can still remember. Yeah, and I thought someone was getting ready to hum. I was almost feeling like we was in a black church and everybody starts humming and everybody can feel it together. But can you feel it? That's what they said. We can still remember when God made a way. And then here comes the prophet and says, what? Forget. Why does the prophet say forget? You know why? Because what God does today may not be the same way God did it yesterday. And we need to hear that because we are absolutely convinced that we know how God is going to work in any set of circumstances. And the reason the prophet says forget it is because he says I'm going to do a new thing. And in order for us to perceive a new thing, we can't expect it to come in the same way. I came this morning to let one or two people know at least, first of all, to let one or, people, one or two people know in this room that God is not done yet. God is not done yet. The God who worked wonders yesterday is the God who will work wonders today and who is in the process of working wonders. Now I am doing it. Do you not perceive it? But I also came to tell this church, people who are wondering about vision and all this stuff we got in the bulletin, what are you talking about? This is what I'm talking about. What has been is wonderful and we remember it and we honor it and sometimes we live in it for a while and the stories and the wonders of the past but the fact is the wonders for this church are not done yet and something good is about to come. That's the way Oral Roberts used to say it. Every time someone reminded me of that, he said something good is about to happen and I came to tell this church right now that something good is about to happen. It may not look the way we expect it to look. It may not sound the way we expect it to sound. It may not feel exactly the way we feel and it may mean at some point that some of us may even have to give up our pews. Someone told a story this weekend about a, this, this is a tough story, but I'm going to tell you, a little girl, young girl, not a little girl, young girl who wanted to go to church and was petrified, which some of us need to still realize, even out here in the tough country, that for some people, setting foot in a church is the most courageous thing that they can do. She said, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. And she talked herself into it and she said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to church. And she went in and she sat in the seat. And here, come, here come, came a family. And uh, the, the mother and the family said, excuse me, but you're sitting in our... And she got up and she left and she was dead five days later in a car wreck. Jesus. I hope our vision is bigger than a church pew. 
Amen, that's right. I hope our vision is bigger than a church pew. I hope our vision is big enough for us to say, okay, there was a mess in the church, let's clean it up. That's why we got people to clean the church. But listen to me, it's not just two people's job to clean the church. You know whose job it is? It's ours. The minute I start saying it's not my responsibility is the minute I start going down the hole. It is your responsibility. If it's in front of you and you recognize it, it is your responsibility to do a little something to help. Pick up that piece of trash. Go and sit with that person that doesn't have anybody to sit with them. Believe when it seems foolish to believe. I feel like a fool every week. I feel like it right now preaching this thing because I know, I know where we're at. All of us. we got stuff we're dealing Got a pain in your back saying thank God that... And everything. And all the stuff of life, I understand that. But I'm telling you, this is why we need a vision. Because a vision is something that will lift you up out of the muck and show you the way to go. And you'll say, now I can see that there's a way that I can go. Now I can see that there are options in front of me. I came, if you'll let me say it, to prophesy to this church that something good is about to happen. And if you want to know what's rooting around in my heart right now, it's this. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. There's you a vision that's worthy of a church. In the same way that Jesus took on flesh and blood, may we in our own flesh, in our own blood, take on something of the character of God Himself, which is what you were just talking about. Take on the character of God. Like one of the old saints said, practice, and it sounds like heresy, but it's not. Practice being God. Yeah, practice. Put it on your flesh. Turn the TV off. Turn it off. You may get a word of God from TV. I'm not saying that, but turn the TV off. Turn the noise off sometimes and remind yourself that you've got the opportunity in your flesh and bone, in your very blood, in your very DNA to carry something of the love of God. That's what's rooting around in my heart for this church, that we may know in a greater way what it means for the word to become flesh and to dwell among us. An old supervisor of mine said, he said it's like Chile... Con carne, which is Spanish. Anybody know what? Anybody know what that stands for in Spanish? What that word is? Chili with meat. Carne. We get the word carnal from it. It's chili with meat. And he said Jesus was God with meat on. May we know what it means. May we know what it means to be God with meat on. And if you want to know. What God is up to, what I feel like God is up to, is that we may be some expression to those around us of the very love of God. God, something good, that was the message, something good is about to happen. Someone out there that's listening right now may need to hear it. Something good is about to happen. For us right here, something good is about to happen. Can we walk into the good that's about to happen? Can we? Forget the old. He said, forget it. I'm doing a new thing right now. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way. A stream. God, make a way. Give us the will to walk with you right straight to the other side. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Dear God, as we close out, and as we do a couple more things before church is over, um,
It's not just religious talk, it's really not. There is vision that is available for all of us. May we catch a vision big enough, worthy of the name Jesus. In his name, amen. amen. Uh, thanks for tuning in to A Quick Word, brought to you by Ebenezer United Methodist Church. If you'd like to join us in person, Sunday worship is at 9, Sunday school at 10, Sunday evening Bible study at 4. Our youth group meets at 5.30 on Wednesday evenings. Come and check us out. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.